We really just need you to tap the mics and say, test, test. as well as sight, you would recognize within me not only a man, but an institution and the future as well. Fuck you. Fuck the institution. And fuck the future. You cannot fuck the future, sir. The future fucks you. Show the man your power, big blast! 
system. Give him some of that tone. Showtime. I want you to smile and blow me a kiss for this one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, it's a talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bite you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. Nobody knows what the future holds, my friend. Oh, least of all me. I have no idea what the future holds. I, uh, I like to... I like to think about it. I like to think about the future. It's tough, because you tell yourself that, but then when you fi what you find yourself doing actually is worrying about the future. I'm not sure that worry, in the end, is worth a good goddamn, as they say. This is Aerial View with me, Chris T, back here on the Hound, NYC.com. And uh, this is the Future People edition of Aerial View with the live line into the studio at 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV. As an Aerial View. Although if you need some... Some help with audio-visual equipment, I could probably provide that as well. It's a little hard to diagnose that crap over the phone, but, you know, I'll do what I can. 760-I-CALL-AV. Yeah, usually what you find yourself doing is, uh, is worrying about the future. Brooding about the past, worrying about the future. I still jerk off man. <laughs> of course you do. As mentioned, the number here is 760-I-CALL-AV. And that is, uh, yes, it's actually a Palm Springs area code. Pretty fancy. Uh, and I see we have a voicemail since the last time we were on the air. This came in uh, Monday. So I'm just going to take a chance and play this damn thing. And hope that it's not a uh, telemarketing call. Some other piece of crap like that. Hey, Chris. This is Aaron here in Minneapolis, the frozen it. north. So, before you ask, and maybe you knew this before from me calling other radio shows, I am nonverbal, and I can talk. So I use speech software to call into radio shows. Oh, my God. Just think of me as the poor man Stephen Hawking. This is it's great. very good to hear you doing your show again. Oh. I missed listening to your rants and your opinions. 
Oh, this is going to be a promo. to go outside this week, so I am stuck in my apartment for the time being. I hope to contribute more to your show, and I hope you keep going. Thanks and have a great day. Oh, that's the I just got called by a robot. How perfect. Considering the theme of this aerial view, which is future people. And uh, I was saying a moment ago that we like to ponder the future. I've always been into, I think I'm a secret science fiction nerd. I, I don't read as much probably as you actual science fiction nerds. Uh, but I like a good uh, dystopian tale as much as the next person. And boy, there's, there's been a, a lot of them lately. And it feels that we're living in a dystopia, the one I call the Upside Down, after uh, that show Stranger Things. And I like to start out the show with an Upside Down update, just to remind you that we are living in the Upside Down. And then we have other things on the roster as well. Uh, but... For the upside down update, I've got something that really, it really hit me. It really hit me. Didn't hit me good, but it hit me. Uh, and that is an article entitled "The Hidden Automation Agenda of the Davos Elite." Is that how you say it? Davos, Davos, do, D A V O S, Davos. They just had that World Economic Forum where they get together and they say, hey, what's going to happen over the next, ooh, I don't know, five, ten years? Well, uh, Kevin Roos in the New York Times reports from Davos and from this World Economic Forum and specifically from a panel discussion about building, quote, human-centered AI for the, quote, fourth industrial revolution, unquote. Uh, now, this plugs into something I saw just last night on, uh, I believe it was Netflix, but it's called The Truth About Killer Robots. It's not a very good movie. It could have been a really good movie. It's a kind of good movie, but it's just, it, you got to watch it just to, for its implications of what's coming down the pike. And again, these people, the titans of industry, may be calling it, quote, the fourth industrial revolution, whatever they're dubbing it. And in public, as Kevin Roos points out in this article, January 25th in the New York Times, that in public they pay a lot of lip service to the idea of how many jobs are going to go away and the need to provide a, some kind of safety net, what's been bandied about in the past as a universal basic income. I don't know how we get to that. That might have to wait until after Medicare for all. But a universal basic in income is what it sounds like. You would get a certain amount of money every month. It's like when my grandmother got government cheese. Every month they'd send her a couple of big blocks of government cheese. We ate a lot of that government cheese. Now they'll just send you a big box of cash. No, it won't be cash. It'll be, I'm sure, put into some kind of debit card. And there'll be restrictions, I'm sure, on what you could do. 
with the cash on there, with the money on the on the debit card. I don't think you can go and buy drugs, for instance. Well, you know, legal drugs from Big Pharma, you can buy those. Well, hopefully you won't have to. There'll be Medicare for all. See how that works out? The number here again is 760-I-CALL-AV. But while these executives, these titans of industry are wringing their hands in public, in private, they are rubbing their hands together with glee, thinking about how quickly they can really start to replace you with automation and artificial intelligence and robotics. And um, it's tough, see, because if it's a fair estimate that in the next 15 years, 40% of all jobs will essentially be given over to AI and automation and robotics, then, then what do we do? Those of us who work for a living, see, is the question. And I could see you waving your hand at the whatever the hell you're listening to the show on. Maybe you're listening to it on your phone. Maybe you're listening to it on an internet radio. Maybe you're listening to it on a laptop, a desktop. Wherever you're listening to it, you're waving your hand out of you, making this dismissive hand-waving thing. You're going, pshaw. Maybe you even said pshaw when you did it. I know I like to. Pshaw not going to happen. You know, when I used to talk to truck drivers for a living, there was all this news about self-driving trucks. Everybody was investing in it. Every Silicon Valley company wanted to be the first to market with a self-driving semi. Now think of the implications of that. Think what it means that you're going down the highway, you're on the New Jersey Turnpike, or the Mass Turnpike, or Route 80, or somewhere, and you look up and you don't necessarily see anybody behind the wheel, or better yet, I'd like to think you look up and you see somebody, but they're looking at a comic book. They're going down the highway looking at a comic book. And the truck is essentially driving itself. And we would have these conversations, and truck drivers would call in and they'd say, It's not going to happen. never happened. There's no way. I used to semi-agree with them. Get it? Semi. <sighs> and I would say, you know, I don't, I'm not sure the public's going to go for that. I don't think it's a case of they can't figure out the technology because they can. They'll figure out the technology. It'll take a while. But then you're looking at three million driving jobs being imperiled in one way or another. Then what do you do with a really decent job that you can get with a high school diploma, maybe not even a high school diploma. And and actually if you hustle can you can make a living at it. You might even be able to provide pretty well for your family. Then what do you do when that driving job has been eradicated by a bunch of actuators and hydraulics? And I used to semi-agree with them because I used to think the public won't won't stand for it. The public won't stand for it. And now when I say that phrase to myself, I, 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 I start laughing. It's like this. It's a bitter laugh. Ha! It's one of those bitter laughs that you just toss off. The public won't stand for it. 
it seems to me the public will stand for just about anything, up to and including replacing them. Now, I'm no Luddite before you do another Peshaw. I don't say we should be smashing these things, but maybe we should all learn how to fix robots, build robots, code, do all that crap that involves a eradication of 40% of your fellow humans' jobs. And then you could sit there in the 60% and you go, well, at least I have, I, I have a job. At least I got my job. I may have put you out of your job, but I got my job. Screw you, pal. It's about me and my family. I'm doing it for my family. This is when I start to get the most cynical about human nature. When I start to see the way people act in their own self-interest. It's not even an enlightened self-interest, which is what's supposed to grease the skids of capitalism. It's just it's just self-interest. There's no enlightenment to it whatsoever. Chris T. here on Area of View on the Hound, NYC.com. 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV is the phone number here. And uh, if you want to know what that is in numbers, because you can't figure out the letters, let's see. I'll do a real-time translation. 760-422-5528. But see, the thing about the the self-driving trucks, they kind of have backed off of that a bit. Companies have... uh, they, they backed off the whole idea. And uh, I just don't, I just think that's a hiccup. I think that they're still coming. I think it'll only be a matter of time. That's what I think. My mind is going. I'm back. I had to duck away for just a minute. I thought I heard Roger, the cat engineer. During the show, I closed the door to the office. And, uh... Roger doesn't like closed doors. Let's just put it that way. Roger's an an orange tabby. I think he's 12 now. He's a big, beefy bruiser, as we like to call him. I think he weighs in at about 12 pounds. He's got a great spirit, Roger. He's one of the greatest cats I've ever met. But, man, he don't like closed doors. I bet if I open the door right now, he's outside the door. Let's go take a look. Hey, no Roger. What do you know? Ah, all right. I'll leave the door open a piece, and I'm sure he'll wander in at some point. He'll sit out there and cry, and then he'll give up and go away. It's me, Chris T., here on thehoundmyc.com. Give us a call at 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV. And uh, that translates to, if you're wondering, oh, I just had it and then I lost it. Here we go. 760-422-5528. 760-422-5528. And uh, I was talking about the future and I was talking about self-driving trucks. And this program I'm calling Future People. Future where you and I will spend the rest of our lives. Uh, and I was looking for something for the upside down update, 
to get us started. And that's it. This idea that um, at Davos, the titans of industry, these top executive types are sitting around in private saying, well, how quickly can we implement this? How quickly can we replace people with automation? And when I say people, a lot of folks think of blue-collar jobs. They think of things like truck driving. They think of things like building cars. But but no. Uh, accountants, clerks, uh, legal assistants, all kinds of assistants. Anything you could use artificial intelligence to do will be done by artificial intelligence. There's nobody, believe me, nobody, who's going who's gonna to hold fast against this, who's going to say, not my company, I won't do it. In this film I mentioned earlier, The Truth About Killer Robots, it ends with this visit to a automated pizza factory somewhere in the Bay Area of California. I thought I was seeing things. And the woman who runs the place uh, being interviewed, very, very proud of the machinery they, they customized, the stuff they came up with, the food, the pizza preparing machine. And then at one point, the camera pans over to like the one or two schmoes they still have to keep around, the one or two wet works, sacks of meat. What did uh, Nikolai Tesla call them? Meat machines. That's what he called fellow human beings. Meat machines. So they had these couple of meat machines, and the one guy had to toss the pizza dough because they still haven't perfected a machine that can toss the pizza dough. And the other meat machine had to take the pizza out of the oven and put it in a mobile hot stove. But they're working on that. Don't worry. The lady who runs the robotic pizza store said they're working on that. I don't know if they'll ever get the pizza tossing, uh, dough tossing right, but they're working on the other thing. They'll replace that schmo. He'll also be out of a job. Oh, dear Lord. And it's interesting because the Japanese have a totally different thought about this. You know, while I'm sitting here, you know, trying to be Paul Revere and say, hey, jobs are going to go away. We're going to lose jobs of this stuff. They interviewed a guy in Tokyo, and he, and he was at this weird robotics trade show they've been, they, they, uh, they filmed at. And if you've ever been to a trade show, oh, my God, just picture a trade show with, like, comely Japanese female robots everywhere who were talking about how they watch their diet and they have a really good figure. I'm saying robots are doing this. Friggin' robots. It is effed up, friends. <laughs> it's really effed up. You have to track this thing down if you can and check it out. Affirmative. I read you. 670. I call a V. And I want to help you. This sort of thing has cropped up before, and it has always been due to human error. (sighs) 
Yeah, so that's the Upside Down update. And boy, look at all the time we burn on that, huh? Got about 35 minutes left in the program. And uh, that was on the uh, that was the first thing on the roster. Uh, what else is on the roster? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what I wanted to do. This is what I wanted to do. I, here's something I wrote that I wanted to uh, read for you. So let's enjoy this together, shall we? The future is not what it was. Check the headlines. Monarch butterflies may go extinct. Chicago colder than Antarctica. Greenland ice breaking up. Sea levels rise. Scientists, we have 12 years to mitigate worst global warming effects. Or your garden variety end times news. CFOs worldwide agree the economy is shrinking. 40% of all jobs to be automated within 15 years. Oligarchs on the rise as inequality increases. China, Russia, determined to wage cyber war on the U.S. Add everyday accounts of war, famine, disease, brutality, nationalism, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, etc. Top it off with today's insane tweets from the Oval Office. And our age of anxiety cake is ready to serve. We'd like to leave that cake out in the rain, but, quote, the future is where you and I will spend the rest of our lives, unquote, as Plan 9 from Outer Space taught us. We could lie, tell ourselves how motivated we've become since President Human Pile of Garbage was installed. But we're busy trying to save ourselves and our families. We're treading water, hoping to stay afloat. We look to each new presidential candidate and we ask, are you the one that I've been waiting for? Apologies to Nick Cave. Years ago, in a series of radio shows I dubbed Eve of Destruction, I explored how humankind might cease to exist. I have no doubt 500 podcasts now do that same thing. Let's see. Pandemic, meteor strike, cyber war, the climate change, tipping point. The final installment of the Eve of Destruction series was delayed by, irony, Superstorm Sandy. The topic, how's it all going to end, continues to fascinate me, but experience teaches me that myriad symptoms boil down to these root causes. Fear, greed, stupidity, and technology unchecked. Fear and stupidity have been with us a long time. Perhaps greed as well. This is our watering hole, you Neanderthals. Fear plus stupidity multiplied by greed squared by unbridled technology equals a rapacious capitalism that will be the ruin of us all. One small example, while we're busy lining the pockets of defense contractors and politically connected districts because, you know, jobs... Jobs building outmoded military gear. Russia hacks our democracy for dimes. And China infiltrates our power grid for pennies. Greed is the reason we can't have nice things, like Medicare for all or a universal basic income. What we'll need when artificial intelligence and robotics takes all of the jobs. But, uh... Republican Party leaders, 
funded by the Koch brothers and Sheldon Adelson and their ilk, led by Fox and Friends and Ann Coulter and Rush and Hannity and the other traitors, keep us fearful and stupid and docile. Bending, forever bending to their will. Voting against our own self-interests time and again. Why would we want to pay more taxes so some freeloader can have health care or an income gratis? To my Republican friends, please don't write comments about how both sides are to blame. That's entirely false. And don't point out how the just-released jobs numbers, jobs, give the lie to what I'm saying until you demonstrate an understanding of what those numbers mean to the overall economic picture, especially how it relates to the declining middle class and incoming inequality. When do we come to our senses? When do we come to our senses and realize how we've been played? Why do we perpetually fall for the three-card Monty game that has us pointing fingers down at the powerless while those above with the deepest pockets escape any sort of blame or judgment? Maybe this cold snap has me feeling extra cynical, but I don't know how Americans pull out of this long, slow dive we're in while continuing to see ourselves as temporarily indisposed millionaires. Perhaps you have perspective to lend. Call and tell me you think it will all be okay. Or call and tell me that we're doomed. We're doomed. Phone 760-I-CALL-AV. During the show or any old time, but I'd love to hear from you and you and especially you. Although you took very thorough precautions against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. Crush, kill, destroy. Seven six zero. I call AV. Seven six zero. I call AV is the phone number here. Says aerial view on the hound. NYC.com live every Friday at 6 p.m. and then a replay on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and then it becomes a podcast at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. And the podcast is available just about everywhere, wherever you get podcasts from. But I wanted this show to be live. I didn't want it just to be a podcast. I could have done that. Lord knows I've done plenty of podcasts, but I, I didn't want this to be a podcast. I wanted it to be this. This is this. So that you could take part at 760-I-CALL-AV. I want to listen to that robot call again. That's what I want to do. What do you say? If you miss it at the top of the show, here it is. Hey, Chris. This is Aaron here in Minneapolis. The frozen north. So, before you ask, and maybe you knew this before from me calling other radio shows, I am nonverbal, and I can talk. So I use speech software to call into radio shows. 
Just think of me as the poor man's Stephen Hawking. It's very good to hear you doing your show again. I missed listening to your rants and your opinions. It's way too cold to go outside this week, so I am stuck in my apartment for the time being. I hope to contribute more to your show, and I hope you keep going. Thanks and have a great day. I cannot accept that course of action. Holy crap, I got a call from a robot. You know, while I'm ranting uh, about technology here, and, and actually I should let myself off the hook because what I said was technology unchecked, unbridled technology. That's what I was actually complaining about. Not technology. Again, I'm not a Luddite. But I do think that we're headed for a future that is, uh, in terms of the employment of all of us, is going to be bleak. Bleak, I tell you. Uh, what else is on the roster, you ask? Well, talked about automation at Davos, right? We did the upside-down update. I read you a little thing I call the future is not what it used to be. Oh, yeah. Leave it in the CRISPR. <laughs> I thought that was pretty pretty clever, right? Leave it in the CRISPR. You've heard about CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R. I, I don't know what it stands for, but it's a gene-editing technology that some doctor scientist in China supposedly used to edit the genes of this embryo and take uh, basically delete a genetic disease. And this had the medical community and the scientific community up in arms because what's the next thing they're saying? What are we going to edit genes for height, for uh, appearance, for eye color, for hair color? And I'm like, oh, yeah, believe me, they'll do that too when they can. <laughs> They're going to do that as well. It's going to be like uh, Choose Your Poison, a Twilight Zone, Black Mirror. It's going to be something like that. Everyone's going to be gene edited. Well, the, not everyone. Obviously, the people who can afford it will be gene edited. The rest of us will just be homunculi uh, slaving away, like in Metropolis. I'm making a lot of cinematic references tonight, I know. but I like films about the future, man. Anything about the future is okay by me. I'll watch that crap. I, didn't they uh, rise up though in Metropolis? Wasn't didn't they rise up against the the man, or in this case, the woman, the robot Maria? Oh man, if you ever get to see that in a movie theater, spectacular! I'm telling you. We got about uh, 23 minutes left in the program. This is Aerial View on the HoundNYC.com show. I'm calling Future People. This installment of Aerial View. And uh, Aerial View has a Facebook page. You can join me there. Facebook.com slash call Aerial View. Facebook.com slash call Aerial View. And uh, I'm almost forgetting, but I think one of the things I wanted to do, because I put that piece that I read you a moment ago, I put it up on Facebook earlier today. Just see what kind of response it would get in. A lot of you weighed in. So uh, let me just read some of the things that came in via Facebook. 
Well, we wait for you to call 760-I-CALL-AV and join us here live. Joe said, yeah, and you're in the, quote, smart, unquote, part of the country. I saw an amazing disembodied statistical meme yesterday stating that illegal immigrants' numbers are $25 million and they cost us something like $1 million trillion, an apparently random number with no evidence or clue as to how that number had been derived. I suspect it's one of those high schoolers from Eastern Europe who came up with that meme in one of their meme factories, an ilk of people who a generation ago believed in faith healers now are happy to have God's chosen president to lead them. Socialism was invented by Satan. Wait a minute. Satan and his minions. Although here it says minions, but I get it. And there's nothing you can do or say to change their belief. As far as they are concerned, you are a crazed city dweller who has drunk the libtard Kool-Aid. So get over yourself. Besides all that, they believe Armageddon will bring the kingdom of heaven. So they look forward to it. Ooh, something to look forward to. Marianne said, people just don't seem alarmed at what's happening. I've been called Debbie Downer more than once. With evolution, our intelligence grew, but not enough to realize greed is evil on big scales or small. Eve's apple makes sense to me now. Knowledge also brings selfishness, which we aren't evolved enough to handle. It's all about money, and that's what's killing us and what will do us in. Just my belief, I hate humanity. I like the way she ended with that. (laughs) Instead of saying, like, all right, take care. I hate humanity. Oh, boy. And then Ralph added, people bought into the right-wing dystopia circa 1980. We have had some ups and downs ever since. But we may be on a downward slide from which we can't climb back from. You don't need the from, I don't think, Ralph. You could have just said, from which we can't climb back. Just saying. 760, I call AV. We are all, by any practical definition of the words, foolproof and incapable of error. How about that weather out there? I honestly think you ought to sit down calmly, take a stress pill, and think things over. Oh, yeah. How 9,000. One of the screen's great mass murderers. Number here is 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV. Aerial view on the houndnyc.com with me, Chris T. And again, we have a Facebook uh, page, facebook.com slash call aerial view. But just because, who the hell can figure out how a Facebook page interacts with anything else? Because it's really for running a business and this show isn't isn't a business, please. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. It's uh, that's not my point. My point is there's also a group. There's a there's an aerial view aerial view group. 
that you can get to through my personal page. So find your way there. And join the group, and that way you can get alerted when the show is going to be on. But it's on every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, here on thehoundnyc.com, a new episode live. And then it replays on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And then it becomes a podcast on all your favorite platforms on Tuesday at 7 p.m. we got 18 minutes left in the program. Give us a call at 760-I-CALL-AV. I'm not sure I finished talking about CRISPR, the gene editing technology. Gene editing. That'd be a great name if you were in a band, wouldn't it? If you are about to join a band, you need a cool name. How about gene editing? I'm sure there's already a gene splicing. Gene therapy? Anyways, they're editing embryos over there. In China. And uh, the implications are not good. See? Even though they have these panels. There's that word again. Panel. Let's convene a panel and and figure out if we should uh, engage in gene editing. Come on, doctors. Even though there's a panel. uh, This Chinese doctor slash scientist, whatever the hell he is. Panel schmanel. He shrugged and said, panel schmanel is what he did. And he went went ahead and edited him some embryos. Oy. All right. And then I guess here as well, the last item on the roster is the futility file. <laughs> I think a lot of it is futile. Yes, me. <laughs> the future is futile. Because the future is where you and I... I, I beg to differ with Criswell. The predictor, or whatever they called him. Criswell, the... You know, Criswell. The guy who looked into the future. Where is he? I got Criswell. I got you, Criswell. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. That's one of my all-time favorites. I, I beg to differ with Criswell, but future is where you and I are going to die. Not where we're going to spend the rest of our lives. Well, I guess technically he's right. But you're alive right now. In this very moment, you are above ground and breathing. Hopefully no one's clutching their chest and falling to the sidewalk. Although I do want to see that new Natasha Leone show, Russian Doll. That sounds interesting. She keeps dying over and over again. It's kind of... Uh, sort of like Groundhog Day, which is actually tomorrow, come to think of it. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day. And I guess that's probably why they're uh, debuting it tomorrow. I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, planning, forethought, 
going on there. See? Thinking about the future. And that's what's in my future. I'm going to watch it this weekend. That's what I'm going to do. Where was I? Oh, yeah, the futility file. So the other thing that came out the other day was the threat assessment report. And the threat assessment report says, basically, this is what we got to worry about. This is what should keep us all awake at night. These are the things that are uh, posing a real security threat to the United States. And the... Worldwide Threat Assessment, as it's called, was presented to Congress by uh, Dan Coates, Director of National Intelligence. And you can find it online. You can go find it. And, uh, matter of fact, I will put the link to this document up on my, my website under the heading Light Reading. How's that? And then you could all go look at it. And I'll put it on my personal site, and I'll put it on the Aerial View site. And I'll wish to God, as I do it, that Facebook had never been invented. I I, I do think that it will be uh, one of the causes of our destruction. And look at me, using it as we speak. So, I guess I'm part of the, what you call, problem. And not uh, your solution there. But the Worldwide Threat Assessment, the full title is Statement for the Record, Worldwide Threat Assessment of the U.S. Intelligence Community, presented by Daniel R. Coates, Director of uh, National Intelligence. This was presented a couple of days ago. Just a couple of days ago. To our Congress. And in it, the uh, U.S. intelligence community ranks the threats. Guess what's not on there as a threat to our security? Give you a little hint. Build the wall. Build the wall. I got an incoming call. What do you know? Hey, hey who's that? Hey, Bill. Phil, I can't hear you too well, Phil. Sorry about that. i having a little bit of trouble over here with the technology. But you know what? I'm going to raise up your volume. So give me just a sec. All right? Yeah. <laughs> is it helping? It is helping, yeah. Go ahead, Phil. I, I, I raised your volume up significantly. Yeah, now so I, 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 I always have to question what people mean by end of the world, end of civilization, civilization doomed, because there's like seven and a half billion human beings. Even if a gigantic major disaster happens, there are going to be some of us scurrying around and continuing the human race. So I don't know what the end of civilization means. I mean, it. We're gonna we're gonna continue to survive. Yeah, that's true. As a, as a whole, it's just the individuals are not going to, and that's that thing. That's what we focus on. I might die. That's the end of the world for me. Well, it is. Yeah, it's the end of the world for everything. 
as far as you you're concerned from your perspective, right? True. Right. So, but I mean, if you if if you look at it more objectively, like if you well, worry about the but the Phil, I, I think you're making an assumption, and you know what happens when you assume, right? I no, even I, though never, I, I never heard that one. Tell even, me. even though I made reference, oh no, yes, yeah, smart aleck. Even though I made reference earlier to a series of shows I did about Eve of Destruction, and I like to kind of ponder that question. What I'm talking about really right now, really right now, is the threat assessment report and, and also what AI and automation and robotics are going to do to to employment and the middle class over the next, right. I don't know how many years, 15, 20 years. I mean, the the end of the world is a fascinating topic. And I, I agree with George Carlin when he said that the earth will shake us off like a bad cold. The, the You know, the earth is going to be fine. We'll all be dead. The earth will be fine. But well, we won't all be dead either. Go well, ahead. maybe sorry. we won't all be dead, but maybe there'll be something that kills us all. Who knows? You don't know. We don't know. And uh, I like the I like the threat assessment because it's a very sober document that you could read over a bottle of wine or a nice craft beer or whatever. You don't have to. Please don't be sober when you read it, because yeah. its implications. There's that word again. They're they're frightening. Uh, mainly because we're not really doing anything about any of the things that we should be doing stuff about. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And you know what the problem is? We are not we are not evolved to be a, a globally thinking creature. We are evolved to worry about ourselves, our family, and our tribe. The fact that we happen to be intelligent enough to be aware of our global presence doesn't mean that we're evolved enough to do something about saving it. And that's the problem. Uh, and not rapacious capitalism, which is what I, I would, don't know what I would mean. Means. <laughs> what? You don't know what rapacious means? No, I don't. Uh, well, you know, rape comes from the same, same oh. base. Yeah. Right. Okay. Rapacious. Yeah. Rapacious capitalism. Got yeah. Got it. Uh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of these things that I think uh, there's a moneyed interest uh, stopping. Whether you're talking about the climate change tipping point, uh, you know, moving us off of fossil fuel, there's a lot of money behind the other side. And that money is speech, according to the Supreme Court. And Citizens United, of course, made it, it, codified that. And so ever since then, there's been a lot of dark money pouring into the idea of stopping any number of things that could be threats to us. The other things, like a meteor strike, you know, if you want to talk about the end of the world, because one of the things in the threat assessment, they talk about space and what's called counter space. I thought that was something in my kitchen. I don't even... Counter space? What? Space and counter space. And years ago, I interviewed a guy, former astronaut, who started a foundation to try to... Uh, pour a lot of money into the idea of stopping medium-sized meteors. And he said those were the ones that are the the true threat. Small meteors hit the Earth all the time with no real lasting effect. And large meteors we could see coming. He said it's the medium ones, (laughs) the Goldilocks meteor, that could wipe out life on the planet like it did to the dinosaurs. You know, a meteor strike ended the age of the dinosaurs. We all know that. We all accept that. We all acknowledge that. And we go through our daily day 
not even thinking about it possibly happening again. I'm not sure anybody leaving the house this morning thought, what if there's a meteor strike? What do I do then? <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, 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 the intelligence threat assessment, again, I put a link up on my personal Facebook page and on the Aerial View Facebook page. But here are the, you want to hear, this is interesting, Phil, you're going to like this. All right. Here are wait, what they see. Wait, let is, me take a drink. I should take a drink, too. I've been talking yeah, yeah. for almost right. a solid hour. So you have a little whiskey here, I'm going to sip it. Didn't even occur to me, Phil. I brought water. Should have oh. brought whiskey. Well, you, uh, you're in your house. You gotta have something. Yeah, but it's 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 far away. It's downstairs. Uh, <laughs> so the number one global, well, not the number one global threat, but this is how they broke it out. And maybe this is by the rank, but cyber cyber threats, cyber threats are way up on the list of what keeps the intelligence community awake at night and what should keep the rest of us awake because. As I mentioned mere moments ago, Russia, of course, famously hacked our last presidential election. And the Chinese are hacking into our power grids. And they're learning all about our power grids. And when they got it all figured out, they can bring this country to a halt without too much difficulty. According to the... uh, I forgot the name of the show. Oh, uh, Fresh Air that I listened to last night. They're not only hacking in, but they are creating the networks for us. You know, they're making cheap networks that we're buying. And, of course, they know them through and through. And that's going to really help them hack into it. Well, wasn't there a case years ago where we found out that, um, like, they had installed sniffing devices in all of these servers that we were buying from them? And, again, rapacious capitalism being what it is, somebody was like, let's just buy the cheap servers from China. Right. And so uh, one of the one of the cases against is it Huawei? How do you say the name of that company? Huawei, the Chinese oh, company. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. So I heard it last night. It is a funny name, I right? Well, so. they they were of course accused of industrial espionage, but they're also accused of this kind of behavior where they're putting sniffing devices in these things that they're building. And um, so, you know, there's the the global threat assessment lists cyber threats. Then they list online influence operations and election interference as way up there on the list of things to be worried about. They list weapons of mass destruction and proliferation, terrorism, counterintelligence, emerging and disruptive technologies and threats to economic competitiveness. So that's where I would put the A.I., and the robotics and automation. Then we have space yeah, uh, and counter space. I like this one, yeah, Phil. I mean, go ahead. Uh, I want to do this one like Casey Kasem, if you don't mind. Okay, sure. Because I, I should have been counting up from the bottom. Coming in at number eight, transnational organized crime. <laughs> what did you think of that? Economics and energy and human security. So those are just global threats. Then they get into the regional threats in areas like China and Russia and so on. A lot of that has to do with uh, famine, has to do with drought, uh, has to do ultimately with climate change. And, you know, climate change is on this list, as it should be. And it is considered a it's considered a huge threat to life on this planet. Uh, Phil, I still don't think that we'll ever do anything about it. So I think you and I should just enjoy the remaining time we have. 
What do you say? I kind of feel that way. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I actually don't like admitting that out loud because I, I know that there are people who worry about this and are working on this, and I would rather they keep on trying than give up. So I don't want to spread that kind of thinking, even though that's kind of the way I think. I don't know if that just mentioning it or discussing it is spreading it. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe words are like a contagion. Your words are like a contagion. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel huh. like uh, if past is prologue, what is, what's been going on the last, oh, I don't know, 38 years in this country, don't give me a lot of hope. Sorry. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. 1980, when I graduated high school. As far as I'm concerned, that's that was the that's the long downward slope. It started then. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah, the earliest I can remember is I, I remember there was some kind of concert for global warming, as they called it, then, and Madonna was involved, and she was still popular. So that must have been mid to late '80s. That's the first that I was really aware of the problem. Okay. Wow. Well, how are things for you, by the way? How's things in the minute that we have left, Phil? It's very good. I'm in Portland. It's raining, as you would expect, but I'm enjoying it. Okay. The summers are amazing, and, and all's, all's well. All right. Listen, I'm going to get out of your way. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Bye-bye. There goes Phil over there, in, uh, formerly of Belleville, but now in Portland, Oregon. And um, I got about 30 seconds left, so thanks to everybody. Uh, thanks to Phil, everybody, who took part in the program. Oh, yeah, Aaron took part. Um with that robotic call from earlier. And again, this show will replay on Tuesday at 6 p.m. And then uh, on Tuesday at 7 p.m., it'll become a podcast. You can get information on how to get the podcast and everything about this program at facebook.com slash call aerial view. And you can call the phone number here any old time. 760-I-CALL-AV and leave a message. 1929. It'll get worse now because it'll go faster. Money markets will dry up round the world by the end of the week. ATMs will stop spitting bills. Federal deposit insurance will collapse. Banks will close. Mobs panic. It's going to be the end of the world. <whistles> See? <laughs> and Diane's husband passed away. The insurance company said his policy didn't cover them. They had no money to pay for the funeral. It's so hard nowadays with all the gangs and rap music. What about robots? Oh, they're everywhere. I don't even know why the scientists make them. Darren and I have a policy with Old Glory Insurance that covers us in case we're attacked by robots. An insurance policy with a robot plan? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, certainly I'm too old. Old Glory covers anyone over the age of 50 against robot attack, regardless of current health. I'm Sam Waterston of the popular TV series Law & Order. As a senior citizen, you're probably aware of the threat robots pose. Robots are everywhere, and they eat old people's medicine for fuel. Well, now there's a company that offers coverage against the unfortunate event of a robot attack, Old Glory Insurance. Old Glory will cover you with no health checkup or age consideration. You need to feel safe. And that's harder and harder to do nowadays because robots may strike at any time. And when they grab you with those metal claws, you can't break free because they're made of metal and robots are strong. Now, 
For only $4 a month, you can achieve peace of mind in a world full of crime and robots with old glory insurance. So don't cower under your Afghan any longer. Make a choice. Old glory insurance. For when the metal ones decide to come for you, and they will.